Amen. Take your Bibles and go ahead and remain standing and turn to Ephesians chapter number 4. And I'll go ahead and switch off here. All right, is that on? All right, Ephesians chapter number 4. And I want to be a, we always say that, I want to be a help. Well, I don't want to not be a help, but I want to be a help tonight, and I hope you'll listen. Um, I'm honestly going to teach a a lesson tonight about the Christian life, and so it's not going to be much of a sermon, it's going to be just a little bit of teaching. I say a little bit because you can only teach as deep as you can go, and that's not deep, so a little bit, and uh, there, and try to be a help this evening, and thank you for this opportunity. Keep, in, keep pastoring them in prayer. We love our pastor, and I will tell you this, just a quick update uh, on they're having a great time, a lot of funny stories that you're going to get to hear, but then a lot of interesting, just different. It's different. Um, you think, you know, well, I'm going to go to another place and it's going to be like this and probably like this and probably like this, and it's completely different. The culture's completely different. And uh, when you're not used to culture change, you, they talk about missionaries having culture shock. Yeah, it's a real deal uh, on a foreign field. And so um, I give you just a, a couple things. Uh, they got to meet some chiefs um, of villages, and they were given gifts by the chiefs uh, there, and, and um, uh, they got given some livestock as one of the gifts. So I tell pastor, I said, why don't you just bring them home and, uh, you know, fit them in the luggage and bring them home. No, uh, there, but they were given some things uh, there and got to meet and be a great help. Uh, our men have been able to really help um, Brother Spears there uh, with the ministry, just helping. I know Brother Munson and Brother Silly have been running around just helping them redo a lot of their uh, IT and sound systems and things like that. And uh, Brother Munson saying he's moving there, so that's just something else. Oh, Miss Munson knew that, but uh, no, uh, but no, he's, uh, he's. I said, yeah, right. I, I said the Lord's calling you, right? And uh, so no, but they're having a great time, great time. And a pastor is just great spirits about the um, interaction of the people, uh, the receptiveness of the people. Um, the difference meeting these pastors that, okay, understand this. Uh, you say, you say uh, tell me of a great preacher that you know of, and we named Dr. Jack Hiles, and we named Dr. Tom Malone. We'll name, talk about even our own pastor and talk about different men of God that we've heard of. Well, in a foreign country, in a third world country, in the middle of nowhere, there's men of God there that have been pastoring the same church for sometimes as long as even our pastor's pastor with a handful of people and sometimes even just a portion of the Bible. And they're trying to teach God's people with only a portion of the Bible. And an American missionary comes in and holds up his Bible, and they look at theirs, and they go, I'm missing something. <laughs> teach me. I want to know. And uh, there, and, and it honestly, honestly, those of you that just started to even just started teaching Sunday school class, think of uh, Brother Morris, uh, Brother, Brother Rodriguez taught this last week, and even many of the other teachers. If you were to go, I want you to understand this, the, the, and, and, they, and they, they have a passion for God. But understand this, at your level in the Christian life, so all I am is a Sunday school teacher, at your level in the Christian life, to them it's like, whoa, look at how much Bible they know. I want you to understand that. So you say, well, I can't go on a mission trip because, you know, what am I? You have a lot to give people that God has given you. And you can be in a great encouragement to them. And then in return, seeing those national pastors that are serving God in the middle of nowhere is a great encouragement to us. We go, hey, they're doing it, and they're doing it, and they're doing it, and they're struggling, but they're still fighting on in the Christian life and, and doing what God's asked them to do. So what a great encouragement. So be praying for them as they come back this next week and that God will continue to do a work. Uh, God will give them, God's given them rest. Uh, Talked to pastor today and uh, they rested up a couple of days, just go, 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 go. And so now they've had a chance to rest up just a little bit and then back at it tomorrow. So please pray for them. It is like, they say they're watching, but it's like midnight uh, there. So some might be watching, maybe they're all watching, maybe some are passed out sleeping, so uh, there. But uh, Ephesians chapter, make sure you pray for them, Ephesians chapter number 4. And uh, let's, let's, uh, let's read this uh, portion of scripture, then we'll pray and you can be seated. And I want to teach you something this evening. Ephesians chapter number 4, and verse number 26 and 27. The Bible says this, Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath neither give place to the devil. Now, it amazes me how God put those two verses together. So be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, and neither give place to the devil. And I want to talk to you tonight about this, uh, anger in the Christian. Anger in the Christian. Anger in the Christian. We live in a very busy society. 
Let's be honest, especially as men, let's be honest. Uh, we tend to sometimes get angry at things that in, in later you look at and go, that was kind of dumb to get angry about. Uh, that was kind of foolish. That was kind of childish. And we, we find ourselves, the, and here's what amazes me, the more busier we are, the easier it is to get angry about something. Because unlike every other country around the world, Americans, were weird. We want everything now. Every other country, you like come in, go 90 miles an hour, you walk into a foreign country, and it's like, boom, 30. And you just kind of go about, and they're not worried about anything. It'll happen when it happens, and here we go. Let's do it. And they get things done, too. But in America, we're used to everything happening so fast. And in that, it causes anxiety and causes a lot of emotion and a lot of depression. And then eventually it comes out as anger. And uh, there's a lot of angry people. Look around our society, even in our own country. All the anger that's out there. I mean, anger over You drive down the road and people are yelling at people, cars going by. And then you're like, why are you yelling at cars? What are you so angry about? It's 7 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and you're angry already. And we live in a very angry society. Understand this. If we're not careful, even as Christians, but I'm a Christian. You can be angry and still be a Christian. Sorry, you can be a Christian and get angry. <laughs> Rephrase that. So, so we need to understand how to control ourselves. If there's anybody that ought to know how to control themselves, we have the Word of God. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside. If there's anyone that ought to be able to control themselves, it ought to be the Christian. Pastor talks about the, the hardest thing you'll do is learn to control yourself. And, and with the busyness and the just interaction in and out and everything coming so fast through your life and passing by you every single day, we tend to get a little more angry than we ought to. And I want to help you understand the importance of understanding anger uh, in the Christian. So let's pray, and then we'll get into that. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you bless this evening. Uh, God, thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. And God, I pray that you please help your word to stand out in our minds tonight. God, help us to open our hearts and hear it. And not only open our hearts and hear it, but apply it to our lives. God, thank you for this opportunity. I pray that you put me aside and help us to hear your word this evening. We love you. We thank you for this place you've given us. And the great weekend we had and the great weekend we have coming forward. God, I pray that you bless this evening. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 26 and 27. We read the verses here. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath and neither give place to the devil. I like that verse, understanding that verse, neither give place to the devil. He didn't say there's one area you got to watch out for. He said in many areas, many areas, especially this area, right, the verse right before talks about be angry and sin not, neither give place to the devil. You can take that verse and understand it. There's many areas in your life that if you're not careful, you don't plan to do wrong. Listen to this. You don't plan to mess up. You don't plan to get angry. Men, you don't plan to lose your temper. You don't plan to make a big thing out of nothing. But because we gave place to the devil in our life, we've allowed these things to slip in. Eventually, it plays out. Neither give place to the devil. I'm going to read you this short story here. A Christian was driving down the street on church visitation. As he neared an intersection, a lady suddenly stepped out in front of the car and brakes squealed and he swerved to miss her. And she jumped out of the way, nearly escaping with serious injury. Upset and angry, he rolled down his window and, and to yell at her, Watch out where you're going, he said. The fear and surprise on her face revealed her own emotion, but she didn't reply. He continued making his visits later into the evening he knocked on a door to invite uh, a family to church only to have the same lady answer the door. After displaying such angry behavior earlier, it was difficult to tell her about the love of Christ. <laughs> and he was left with, with much regret at what he had done. I mean, imagine that, losing your temper. And then they find out you're, you're, you're a Sunday school teacher at a church, right? You're the youth pastor teenagers you're the youth pastor you're the bus driver of you know you yell at them one day the next day they get on your bus you're going oh i knew who that is you saw them in town uh we had a lady here a while back a while i just thought about this a while back uh in the winter time two three years ago maybe i was walking out of walmart on a sunday morning when i used to drive it was probably 2019 when i used to drive um 
the bus route that Brother Sully is now on, and I would go on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. Walmart opens up here on Jordansville Road, if you didn't know that. Uh, and at 6 a.m., I'd go in the door. No one's there. It's amazing. You walk in, you grab what you need, you pay, and you walk out. No one messes with you. Well, anyways, now the story. But uh, I walk in, walk out. I'm walking back. Of course, it's icy out. It's winter out. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I hear something out of the corner, out of my ear here on this side. And it's also out of the corner of my eye. And a car was going to pull into a parking spot. And... It was about to hit me. So I turned and I put my hand against the hood of the car and the ice made me slide back. So I was like, perfect, awesome. I'm sliding with it, right? So, so the woman rolls down her window and was like, I'm so sorry. I was so, I said, oh, no, no, you're okay. I'm, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. Hey, let me invite you to my church. And I hand her a track, right? And uh, here, like two weeks later, she showed up to church here. And she said, I had to come visit the church because I hit this guy and he didn't cuss me out. I said, praise the Lord, it didn't. He didn't cuss me out, but he gave me a track and invited me to church. Now, take that story and then take that and ask yourself, what would have happened, <laughs> right, if I'd have been angry? You know, your luck, you'd have been angry, you'd yelled at her, you'd said some things you probably shouldn't say, and you would have accidentally dropped a track out of your, out of your, out of your purse. And all of a sudden, she'd go, oh, you know, they drop something, they pick it up and go, oh, they go to a church. And, uh, and you'd have been caught. Okay, so think about this thing about being angry. Now, I give you that story just to kind of laugh and, and, and help us understand some things. But let's talk about this, the anger in the Christian. Anger in the Christian. When people are faced with problems, I'm going to give you a lot. If you, can get a, if you want to take notes, you can get a pen and paper out. I'm going to give you a lot of points, okay, here in understanding this and kind of go through some things and understand some words and understand ourselves. To understand, okay, we talk, if we talk about bitterness, someone got up here and preached on bitterness, you would have to understand how bitterness happens in your life, then understand how to take care of it. It's a process. Anger is not something that just appears in your life. It is a process. It is something that continually festers and grows. That's why the Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You know why? You're, the next day, it's building into the next day. You, you hear couples come in and talk about their marriage and how it's a mess, and they'll say, you know, well, two years, the pastor would tell stories about, you know, two years ago he did this. Ma'am, you're holding on to that anger, and it's building until it explodes, right, until you had enough, and then it comes out. Okay, so how do we deal with anger in the Christian life? Many, when people are faced with a problem and become angry, they handle it in one of three ways. I want you to understand, so here's the first three things. When people are angry and faced with a problem, they become angry. They handle it with one of three in one of three ways. Number one, they internalize by internalizing it. Internalizing it. Number two, we know this one a lot, by venting. Right? By venting. I'm just gonna tell you what I think. And then they let you have it. And you're like, I don't even know who you are or what happened to you, but you're telling me what you think, and you're venting to me. And uh, so they do by internalizing it. They do it by venting, and then the last thing, which we seem to see a lot nowadays, by attacking people. <laughs> by attacking people. People had nothing to do with it. Well, we're just gonna, I'm angry at the world, so I'm going to go to this side of town and start destroying things. Well, what did that have to do with this? All right, what does this have to do with that? All right, and so, so these are three ways that people, um, people start, that they handle, this is the way three people, uh, three things, ways that people handle uh, anger and light. They internalize it. Okay, and they, they, then also by venting and then by attacking the problem itself or, and, and we'll talk about this, or more, than, more people than the problem. We lash out and want to attack something. We end up attacking someone instead of the problem that's actually going on. We're just, we're just angry and we're not, we're not in control anymore. And we reach out and just start attacking those around us. So some people handle the problems by attacking, by attacking themselves. We'll look at this first one here. This is called internalization. So they internalize their anger. They bring it on the inside. Turning anger, anger inward actually destroys, listen to this, actually destroys the person. When you turn anger inward, um, in, in, especially in young girls in our society, uh, there's a lot of anger, a lot of depression, if you will, a lot of this emotion, and they turn to cutting themselves, hurting themselves. It comes from someone that is angry at themselves, angry at the world. They don't know how to deal with it, so they internalize it, and they beat themselves up. By the way, there is a huge uh, group, if you will, I'm going to use the word group, or, or way of dealing with problems 
where especially uh, uh, women will hurt themselves purposely. Will hurt themselves purposely because they're angry. So, by the way, men do the same thing in different ways. They hurt themselves purposely because they're angry. They internalize it. They turn on themselves. They store it all up inwardly. They store it up. Have you ever someone that uh, they're, they're like the calmest person you've ever been around? And they act like nothing bothers them. And then one day they just explode. And all these, ready, 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 people that leave church. <laughs> Everything's great. Then they explode, they leave church. I'm done with this. And then all of a sudden all the stories come out. Well, back there and 10 years ago, so-and-so hurt me. And then this happened five years ago, and, and that hurt me, and that wasn't right. And how are you supposed to be? A, all these things are coming out there. You're going, where do these things come from? I can't remember what I ate last week or did last week, let alone remember what happened 10 years ago. But we internalize things. And it ends up destroying the person. Attempting to hide it inside only results, listen to this, only results in buildup and stress like a balloon. Filling the person with bad thoughts and situations and anger starts to fest. Listen to this. And this only makes the problem big, bigger and leads to more things in life when we hold it inside. We hold everything inside. Have you ever met a person that never, you know, really does anything, never shows anger, but they just, they're very shut off to, the, to anything? I don't, I don't want to get close to anybody. I don't want anybody to really care about me, but I'm not going to snap at anybody, but I'm just, I don't want to really be around anybody. I don't, I don't care for people to help me. There's a lot of anger in there they're not dealing with, and they're hiding. They think very well. But they're dealing with it. You can go out soul and knock on doors and just talk to people and know, man, there's anger built up inside there. Just by their attitude and their action. They have taken all this anger of situations. Listen to this. And Christian, understand this. As a Christian, if there's anybody that ought to know how to deal with this, it ought to be the Christian. The world lives in this angry state all the time. Why are Christians living in that? Why are we dealing with this and not going to God to help us get rid of these things in our life? Anger. Anger, this, this problem only gets bigger and leads to, three, uh, to four things. You ready? It gets bigger and leads to discouragement, internalizing it. It leads to discouragement that's let down. It leads to distancing from others. So not only discouragement, then you start distancing from others. You ever watch someone slowly start disappearing from church? All of a sudden, now they're always discouraged about something. They can never have a good day, it seems like. The next step, they start distancing themselves from others all the time. Nah, I just don't want to go hang out. We're having a church thing over here. Why don't you come do that? Nah, I just don't feel like it. No real, real excuse. Not I have to work or not I have to go do this. But it's just, no, nah, I just don't feel like being around people. They start distancing themselves. Then not only that, then they start slipping into depression. When they internalize, they start slipping into depression. Now, I know in a church, even our church here, no doubt there's people in here that have dealt with some type of depression in their life. Some type of something in their life that caused a depression, a woe is me in the inside that says, I just, why even live? Why even go on to another day? What is there really to live for? Is this how I'm going to be the rest of my life? And you slip into this depression. But it started with discouragement. Then you started distancing yourself. No one goes from this bubbly self to lo loving everybody, being around everybody, enjoying life to depressed. No one does that. It slowly starts going that way. Because we allow things on the inside to stay and remain and start stirring up inside of us. Then the fourth thing... It turns into what internalizing, listen to what I'm saying here, what internalizing anger inside of you and not dealing with it does, not only discourages you, and not only uh, you start distancing yourself, not only depression starts coming in, but then eventually you start thinking of thoughts of suicide, death wishes. Well, why do we want to live here anymore? Well, what is there to even live for? And by the way, suicides, especially in the United States, have gone up. You know why? 
People, Christian, understand this. Remember who you have. People out there don't have. And what they need, we know what they need. They need Christ. But they have nowhere else to turn, so I think, why even live? So if they have, do not have Christ, listen, if they do not have Christ helping them, then how much better should a Christian be that has Christ, if you will, my way to escape <laughs> from these problems in life? I need some way to escape and deal with the problems I'm facing so I have someone to turn to. They don't have anybody to turn to. They think they turn to drugs and alcohol and, and, uh, and other things in life they just turn to, trying to look for this peace, trying to look for this way out when we have Christ. Internalization may also cause physical illness. Now, again, this doesn't mean everybody that's sick is because of anger. That's all that means. Or we have a lot of angry people at our church. And uh, no, it, that's not what that's talking about. But, but listen to this. Internalization may also cause physical illness. When you have anger built up on the inside, that anxiety, that depression, that dis discouragement, it's a mental battle. And very easily, it can start causing you to be physically sick. I fit this description. Headaches all the time. <laughs> Headaches, stomach problems, uh, even stroke, heart attack, etc. All these things. Understand this. I want you to understand just this simple concept. I'm not one of those people that believe that, you know, never go to a doctor because God, you know, allowed us to. I think if you ought to go to a doctor, you probably should go to a doctor. If your brain's hanging out, go to a doctor. They might be able to fix it, all right? At the same time, understand this. When God created man, he created man perfectly. Everything that he needed. Everything that he needed. OSU Hospital was not around when Adam was created. I don't know if you knew that or not. The urgent care, there was no urgent care. And there's a lot of things on the inside that God says, you know your body can take care of yourself when you take care of your body. Headaches are not just a sickness. Headaches is because there's stuff missing inside of you that needs to be there. You're low on certain things, vitamins and certain things that's causing headaches. High blood pressure can cause headaches. <laughs> all right? So all these things come into play. So understand this. When it, comes to, when it comes to your internalizing anger inside of you, they can start to cause physical illness. If you're not careful, listen, you show me someone that's depressed, and I'll show you someone that's always at the hospital because they're sick. I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you the facts. And I have people in my own family that deal with this constantly. And guess what? They're on every type of medicine there can possibly be. And it's not because they have actual health problems. It's because they don't know how to handle issues. They don't know how to handle problems. They internalize everything. They're, every time they feel sick, oh, I think I need another medicine. It has nothing to do with their health. They're, 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 one of them is even young, younger than me. She had nothing to do with her health, uh, health but because of their, they don't know how to deal with issues in life. That it causes them to get sick all the time. Because they can't handle it up here and they internalize everything. So understand the anger, what angry, anger will do to you. The Bible says this. I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 17. I hate to use our Bible this evening, but Proverbs chapter 17, look what the Bible says here. Say, Brother Pledger, I don't know if all of my sickness, I don't think all your sicknesses have anything to do with anger and depression, but some of them are. Look what the Bible says here. Proverbs chapter 17, in verse number 22, look what it says. A merry heart doeth good like a what? Medicine. You show me someone that is just on top side all the time, and you'll see someone that has probably some of the best health you'll ever see. I'm not talking about they lost a limb, getting run over. Okay, it's not going to grow back because they have a married spirit. All right? There's no medicine for that. Okay? But you show me someone that is in good, they don't have any actual, you know, they don't have cancer or things like that. You show me someone that's in good health and has a great spirit. I'll show you someone that just feels it. They really don't. It's like I barely ever get sick. Why? I, I just, I never, uh, my uncle said this in the, in the men's meeting. And, and at, when he said it, I thought to myself, you know, he's right. Outside of getting sick on a mission trip from malaria, I've never known, he's had it multiple times, but I've never known my uncle to be sick. Outside of because he went on a mission trip and getting sick from eating something or doing something over there and got sick. I've never known him to be sick. But also this, I've never known my uncle 
to be on down in the dumps. I've never known to be like that. Even for even if it for a second, and I, if I told you stories, things he's been through, you'd go, "Wow, he's never really had a bad day." I promise you, I've never seen him have a bad day. Now we probably joke more about the bad times than we probably should, but I've never seen him have a bad day. He's always just happy-go-lucky about everything, always trying to learn something. Okay, and, and you you, you ought to you ought to try your best. Understand this, Christian. If there's anybody that ought to be like that, it ought to be the Christian. Why are we the ones having to run back and forth uh, for anxiety, depression, when we have the Holy Spirit on the inside that's supposed to help us with all these things? Apparently, at that point, we're not tapping into the Holy Spirit that is there to help us. We're trying to face life without Christ, and it's hurting us more than it's helping us. Look at uh, Psalms chapter 37 and verse number 8. Turn over there, Psalms chapter 37 and verse number 8. Psalms chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37 and verse number 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Cease from anger. When you find yourself getting angry, just step back and go, oh, nope, not going there. No, I'm not going there. And when you do get, get angry about something or something happens in life, don't just internalize it and just store it up for later. Learn to ask God to help you and get rid of it. Listen, things come all the time. All every day things are coming towards you. And you've got to know how to, what the Bible talks about, giving God your burdens. How to help you bear your burdens. You take what's important to Him and you focus on that and you bear that burden, but let Him bear all your other burdens. Let him take care of your life. The Bible, we talk about in the area of, of what we need in life. Okay? The Bible says take no thought in what you're going to drink or what you're going to eat or wherewithal should be clothed. What God's saying there, he's not saying that you don't need those things. He's saying there's more important things for you to worry about. I'll take care of those things if you'll focus on these things. I'll take care of these minor needs if you'll take care of these bigger needs. You focus on serving me and doing what I've asked you to do, and I'll take care of you and what you need your what you need every day, not what you want, but what you need every day. And the same thing with when it comes to your anger. God has more important things for you to work on, Christian, in the Christian life, reaching others, the gospel, people, teaching that Sunday school class, working on that bus route. God has things He needs you to do. Don't internalize that anger and allow it to fester and eventually ruin the ministry that God's given you to work in. Give them to God. Let Him handle them. So you can keep doing what you need to do for Him. So the first thing we see is internalizing. Then we see the one that everybody knows, ventilation. Ventilation. Venting. Right? Let me just tell you what I think. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and uh, let me just tell you how I, I figured it out. Let me just tell you what they did. We hear, we hear, it, all, hear it all the time. Venting is anger turned outward. So internalization is anger turned inward. Now we have anger turned outward. Taking it out on others around you. Yelling, hitting, verbally, verbally attacking, uh, or, or simply throwing a fit. Oh boy, throwing a fit. Throwing a fit. Uh, we went to uh, a little hockey thing yesterday. And uh, there's a whole bunch of kids everywhere. And parents everywhere. And we're standing there watching what's going on, learning what's going on. And I'm watching parents run around and kids throw fits with hockey sticks in their hand. I thought, Mom, take that stick, beat the fire out of the kid, give him back the stick. I mean throwing a fit. No, I don't want to. I'm thinking, whoa, where would that come from? Well, come on now. We got to go. No, I don't want to. We got, come on. Easy. Come on. We got to go. Let's go. And they're chasing the kid around. I'm not chasing the kid. The, st the hockey stick is to help trip the kid when he's running. <laughs> I mean, it's part of a hockey play, right? Anyway, you go to, you go to box for that. But, uh, but, but, but listen, anger torn, uh, turned outward. Venting. Venting. Uh, venting. Sorry. Uh, yelling, hitting, uh, a, a verbal attacks, or simply throwing a fit are outbursts that result in nothing, listen to this, ready, but more anger. Throwing a fit, you just escalated everything. 
It went from a simple thing to the biggest thing around because you threw a fit. It just causes more anger. Venting affects other relationships as well as the angry person. Yeah. When you decide to go tell someone what, how you think about it or what you think about it or how you really feel, you not only made yourself more angry, but the person you're talking to now is affected. And it's like, thanks. Thanks. Right? The worker on the bus says, go talk to the bus captain. And the bus captain's going, thanks. <laughs> I know it's supposed to handle it, but thanks. And as the bus driver go, ah, no, I'm not in charge of the bus captain. Talk to that guy. And uh, thanks. Why? Because it not only affected them, but now it's affected the person they're talking to. Legislation doesn't just affect you, it affects those around you. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 18. We're going to turn to multiple verses in Proverbs, so just turn there and stay there. Proverbs chapter 12 and uh, verse number 18. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 18. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Look what I just said there. There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Look at chapter 14 and verse number 30. Chapter 14 and verse number 30. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Venting. Envy about something. I just don't feel like, why, why do they get it? Why, why don't I have part in that? Why is it? And we, and we get angry about stuff, and you're not just affecting you, it's rottenness to the bones, the Bible says. You start affecting those around you. Uh, chapter 15 and verse number 30. Look at this. Chapter 15 in verse number 30, the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart, but a good report maketh the bones fat. A good report. <laughs> a good report. 17, verse number 22. Proverbs 17, verse number 22, we read this verse. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Drieth the bones. Chapter 18, verse number 21. Look at that. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So when you decide to go tell someone how you really feel about things, you're uh, causing more issues than it's worth. Because you're hurting not only yourself, and you're not only getting... Have you ever noticed someone to vent for five minutes and completely stop and drop it? No. They talk about it. Five minutes later, they rehash it again. <laughs> and then ten minutes later, they want to rehash it again. And then another thing. And then they go back in there, and it's like, why are we still talking about the same subject? Get over it. Why? It stirs up more anger. They start thinking, by the way, thou says not let the sun go down upon thy wrath. The reason is, is because it starts stirring up on the inside all night long. When you're angry, you have the hardest time going to sleep. And the only thing you're thinking about is how you're right and they're wrong and how you have the right. And it stirs and it stirs and it stirs. Then you start making this little issue, this biggest mountain in your life that doesn't matter to a hill of beans, whatever that means, a hill of beans. But we make it this biggest problem because it stirred and it stirred and it stirred and it stirred and it stirred until it's become this huge thing that we have to deal with. And it ends up hurting more people than it's worth. By the way, it hurts people close to you too. People you actually care about. Have you ever said something and the lady thought, man, I didn't mean that. You were out of hand. You were venting. Anger was coming out that you really didn't mean and you hurt someone you care about. The book of Proverbs warns of dangers of the angry tongue. It is full of poison and can harm others. Did you know this? I want to give this little, little uh, uh, tidbit of knowledge here, understanding here. Did you know that emotion of the emotion of anger lasts only for th about three seconds? The actual emotion of anger only lasts for about three seconds. Get this, ready? It keeps going only because it's fed by negative thoughts. You get angry about something, boom, you, you spit it out, but then all of a sudden there's the next thought and the next thought 
and then how come, and then why not, and then all these things keep flooding your mind. All of a sudden, that three-second little burst of anger has turned into 10 minutes. And we are just way further down the road than wherever we started. And what could have been avoided now has hurt someone. Okay? Anger. Anger. Anger must be resolved right away. If not, then the negative progression downward is inevitable. Okay? As we read and understand Ephesians chapter uh, number 4 and verse number 26 and 27, anger must be dealt with before you even go to bed or listen to this, ready? Or bitterness starts to develop. If you are constantly dwelling on those that hurt you in the past, you have problems. Because everybody in here has been hurt at some time or another in their life. Uh, someone um, close to me asked me a question the other day about a situation in my life. And they said, hey, how are you doing with this? And I, and I was like, actually, I hadn't thought about it forever. I actually forgot. <laughs> That's how you should be. You should be so focused on what God's doing in your life and going on to the next thing and just having a great time that the problems you're not dwelling on constantly every day and rehashing the same thing over and over again because bitterness is starting to build up inside of you when you do that. Anger. The right response is to first identify, listen to this, the right response. So internalizing it and venting are the wrong response. So I just said, internalizing it, hiding it inside, letting it build up and fester is the wrong way to deal with anger. Listen, ready? And outwardly venting about it constantly is also the wrong way to deal with anger. If I ask for witnesses, you get a whole bunch of hands that say, stop venting to me, okay? Leave me alone, right? When you walk in, to, walk in and you're angry about something and someone looks at you and walks the other way, they probably know what you're about to do. The signs are there and they're running, all right? If you see me running, that's exactly what's happening. Okay. The right response is first to, listen to this, ready? Identify the problem, ready? Then attack the problem, not the person. The hardest thing to understand in, in the Christian life when it has to do with the area of anger, and everybody in here that's been through different battles in your life, you understand this, and I hope, hopefully you understand this, is to understand that I cannot, I cannot hate the person that did such and such to me, but I need to hate the sin. Not that it was okay. But hatred towards a person is going to eat away at you constantly. Bitterness towards someone is going to eat away at you constantly. I've got to find some way to forgive them, but, but, but listen, right, but still hate the problem. Attack the problem. The problem is not okay, but the person I need to learn to forgive somehow. That's the hard part. I, no one said forgiveness is easy. No one said forgiveness even ever seems right. <laughs> but it is the right thing to do. It's hard. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do as a Christian, by the way. One of the hardest things that you'll ever do as a Christian is forgive somebody. Forgiveness. But one of the things we must do is forgive. So we've got to learn when something comes toward a problem. Okay, okay ready? So and I, I'm winding down here. A problem's coming, coming towards us in life. How do we handle it? Do we get angry and internalize it, or do we get angry and vent out, or do we identify the problem and attack, ready, the problem and not the person? The problem and not the person. See, we want to turn around and attack the person. It's all about the person. And if I can ruin their life and make them miserable, then I'm happy. Now, do they, listen, ready, here's, here's, here's the balance that's really hard as a Christian because that whole fleshly side, right, worldly side in us wants to come out big. It is, listen, just for them to get what they deserve in their punishment, but the law handles that. As a Christian, one of the hardest things to do is to step back and not allow our flesh to say, well, they need to get what's coming to them instead of going, God will handle them. 
Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. God will handle them. Attack the problem in myself. Deal with the problem, but don't attack the person. That is a hard thing to do. But how many Christians do we watch attack people in every situation they face? Attack people. And guess what? They don't end up in church a year or two later. Listen to me. Listen to me. Just mark my words. Proof in the Bible. Proof throughout history. Someone that will not, is not willing to deal with bitterness and attacks the people of God. Listen to this. Give them two to three years and they won't be in church anymore. I promise you they will not be in church anymore. It, do, it doesn't work. Friends I know, same thing. As soon as I see that take place, if they're not willing to deal with it, in my mind, two to three years they'll be out of church. And sometimes it's a lot shorter. Because you can't, listen to me, you can't go against what God says. You cannot go against God's word and last in the house of God in a church that's preaching God's word. You're not going to. You're not going to last being around people that obey God's word and want to do what's right when bitterness is just stirring up on the inside and anger is stirring up. on. You're not going to last. Eventually, you're out that door too. Because anger and bitterness eventually destroys the person it's in and not the person you're bitter towards. Listen to me. That person that hurts you, that person that's paying their price, that person that did you wrong has no idea that you're eat up with it every day and they don't even care. And you are destroying yourself and they're out there living life and just having a good time. And you think by being angry and bitter towards them, you're hurting them. You're not. They're just going about life. But you're destroying yourself. So we must learn how to deal with it. So identify it and then attack the problem. Attack the problem. Listen to this, ready? Attack the problem that triggered the anger and don't attack the people. If everybody looks at what they get they angry about, you can find things that just kind of get you angry. And then you got to fix that problem. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's stuff maybe it's stuff around the house, right? Maybe it's stuff around the house. Maybe it's uh, you like things clean, you like things organized, and it's not organized, and so those little things like that get you angry. Uh, maybe it's a, a vehicle uh, a vehicle. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's uh, uh, the the way the moms. Maybe it's the kids just. They, you get them dressed, they look really nice, and they mess everything up. And it's like, what are you doing? And that's the one thing that really gets you is you spend all that time, and it doesn't work. <laughs> and you spend all that time, and it doesn't work. Uh, uh, maybe, ready? Maybe, maybe it's your use to being so much on a schedule that when something happens and messes up your schedule, you lose it, and you don't know how to handle life. You need to go on a mission trip. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You need to go to a foreign country, and I'm just going to sit back and laugh. And uh, listen, but you don't, you get angry about those types of things. What do you mean they changed? Come on. I was planning to go there first, and I was planning to go there, and you changed on me. Now I don't know what to do. And it's like, what are you angry about? Okay, so what you need to do is you need to take, listen, listen, what you need to do is you need to take whatever you consistently, by the way, there's usually a pattern. There's usually a pattern. Take what you're consistently angry about and say, okay, what can I do to fix this problem? Don't attack the people. I need to fix this problem. I've got something I've got to work on. Realize the problem is very seldomly someone other than yourself. <laughs> Realize the problem is seldomly someone, it's usually yourself. Proverbs 16, verse number 7, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes his enemies to be at peace. Number two, realize the problem is very seldom someone else's actions. Rather, it is your response to their actions. Well, they did. Did you have to respond that way? Well, you don't understand, but did you have to respond that way? People that work in ministry have to learn this more than anything because you work with people. And as much as people in ministry would like to really tell people what they think, we can't. 
We have to hold our tongue and we have to try to help people when they don't even want help. And when they're attacking you, you've got to know how to answer the problem and not just add to the problem. It's a very hard thing to do, but you must realize the problem is very seldom someone else's action. Rather, it's your response to their actions. Number three, when you are tempted to be angry, ask yourself, why am I really angry? When did it begin? Ready? Here's the hard part, because our imagination likes to run. What really happened? What was really said? Not how I took it. What was really said? You know the hardest thing is to let someone explain themselves. They apologize, and we don't want to accept their apology. Because you meant it this way, and I know you meant it that way. And you're not going to tell me that you're sorry, because you weren't sorry when you said it. And in their mind, they're going, that's not what I meant when I said that. They're like, why are you upset? And you're going, you, you said that and you meant it wrong. And they're like, why? I didn't mean it wrong. Let them explain themselves. All right, the worst thing is siblings. Mmm. Mmm, siblings. You don't, want, you, don't want, you don't want to let them explain themselves. All right. The last thing here, once a problem has been identified, listen to this, ready? Address it, the problem specifically, and without anger. Sometimes you have to say, okay, I'll deal with it in a second. Because you have got to process things. On a Sunday when someone calls me and they say, Brother Pledge, we're having an issue on the mother buses. My first thought is, can you call me back in 10 minutes? Just tell me what's going on, call me back in 10 minutes, and I'll deal with it. Sometimes I have to give a response right away, and I usually step back and get quiet for a second. And I'm thinking through the process. You ready? And I know this is weird to me. It's really weird to me. But I think, what could they have meant instead of what the person's saying they really did? Could there be a misunderstanding? Because I don't like attacking people. Believe it or not, I really don't like attacking people. I know it's weird. People say, oh, Brother Pledger, you know. I really don't like attacking people, so I like to find an excuse for everybody, even if it's against me. I try to find an excuse. Sometimes there's not one, but I always try to find one. But I try to step back and look at the whole situation and go, maybe they didn't mean it like that. Let's find that out. For before, I, before I do attack, let's find out if they meant it that way or not. Before I do have to come down hard on someone or get blunt with somebody, can I find out if it was a misunderstanding first? Cause, listen, ready? Because I really want to attack the problem and not the person. The Christian and their anger. Christian and their anger. Real quick, I'm going to run through these things. Understanding anger. What motivated the anger? Understand that. You can understand what motivated the anger. How, how, how we responded to the anger. You got to understand those things. Okay, uh, whether anger is sinful is a is a sinful response. Bible says, "Be angry and sin not." So, some of you to know this. There's a way to be angry and not sin. I try to master it. No, okay, I, I don't try to master that. Uh, there, but be angry and sin not. There's a way. There's by the way. There's a right place to be angry and a wrong place to be angry. There's a right place to be angry and a wrong place. Someone comes in and starts attacking. Um, one of our ladies are attacking our people, that's a right place to have anger. You're defending something that is right. You're not just defending it because you're out of, out of hand. You're not just going off because you feel like it. You, are, you have a purpose to that anger. That anger, listen, ready, is in control. That anger is in control. Uh, I was on a team bus one time in Florida. I told Pastor one time, I said, you know, I'm glad I was in Florida for three years before I came here. Because a lot of mistakes I made in Florida as a youth pastor, I'd been fired for if I was here. <laughs> a lot of mistakes. So I had to learn a lot. I had a lot to learn. And uh, we were on a bus one time and had, had about 20, 20 to 30. We used to have about, the most we had is 38 teenagers in our single-wide trailer. We had them over every Sunday afternoon. They would come over our house. We'd feed them. Went broke every week. We'd feed them. <laughs> And uh, have, have, have a lesson with them, sing songs with them, play games with them, and keep them over for Sunday night and then take them home after church Sunday night. And so we did that every Sunday for three years. 
say, are you going to do that here? Nope. Uh, every Sunday for three years, when we did Friday, I said, you know what? We're not doing anything Sunday afternoon again. I walked myself into that one. Uh, but we were on a bus one afternoon, and there was a bunch of teenagers. And I'm right, driving the bus. And I was dropping off the last person. It was like 20-something teenagers on the bus. And a new bus kid, he had been coming not for a long time. He didn't come maybe for a month or so. Rough background. Um, drug home, gang home, I mean, just rough background. And I'm sitting in the seat, and I hear yelling. Well, when you, on a bus, when you hear the volume start doing this, automatically you start listening for what's going on. Because you know this is normal. When the volume goes up here, and it's not like a playful volume, something's wrong. Like there's just this weird volume. So I hear that, so I stand up and turn around, and by the time I sit up and turn around, one, this one teenage boy, God bless him, he stands up and he points his finger at one of our teenage girls' face and starts cussing at her. Well, I about lost it. I had to think to myself, be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. <laughs> and, I, and I turned around and I got in his face. And I about threatened him to the end of his life. And then right turn around and went, I better tell his mom what just happened. <laughs> just in case he goes back to tell stories. <laughs> I better get ahead of this. <laughs> but in that moment, did I have the right to defend a young lady that was being attacked verbally? Yeah, I did. But could I have handled that wrong? I, did I handle it right? I don't really know. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> but should I, could I have handled that a right way? And that could have been handled a very wrong way. See, be angry and sin not. There is a right place to be angry, and there's a wrong place to be angry. And anger out of control is not right. Anger out of control is not right. So whether anger is sinful response uh, for us is determined by this. What motivated the anger, and how did we respond to the anger? Those two things determine that. What is it that makes us angry? I've got a few minutes here. What is it that makes us angry, the motivation? Anger comes from two main sources, ready? Unmet rights or unfulfilled expectations. Anger comes from those two sources. Unmet rights? Well, I had the right to. Unmet rights? Or they didn't have the right. Unmet rights? Ready? Or unfulfilled expectations? You just expected something to be one way, and it wasn't, and I'm angry about it. Ready? We go on vacation. We get to the hotel that is supposed to be to this standard, and it is not the way it's supposed to. And I'm angry because I paid for it, and you should have fixed that. And why is that in there, and why did I walk in and see this? And you get angry, and it's like, really? Really? Now, understand. Should it have been taken care of the way it was supposed to? Yeah. But let me ask you, is getting angry going to help the situation or make it worse? Because every good... Thanks for the one answer. Every good... <laughs> every good lady... Oh, boy. I just said that the wrong way. Every good lady... I'm going to keep saying it. When her husband goes off like that, is sitting back going, this is embarrassing. I can't believe he acted like that. Like, he is treating her like trash right now. And it's not even, she's not the one that cleans the room. She's not even the manager. Now, if you're sitting there going, well, she gets what she gets, then you are wrong, Christian. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you're wrong. Because God forbid, all of a sudden, ready, a track falls out. And they go, oh, you go to a church. Well, some Christian you are. Remember, Christianity is not a Sunday thing. Christianity is an all-week thing. And it's hard to be nice to people. You know what I do when someone gets upset at me when I'm driving down the road and they wave at me in their own way? I wave back. Hi. I smile. Hi. I just wave back. Like, you're not ruining my day. Hi. Good to see you, too. No, I don't weigh back in their way. I weigh back in my way. All right, there you go. <laughs> Rights, what I deserve. Rights are what I deserve. Expectations is what I expect. 
Thus is hope deferred make it the heart sick. What I expect this is what I expected. This is what it is. And if we're not careful, you ready, Christian? We'll take something good that's going on, and because we don't get what we expect, it ruins the whole thing. All right, you ready? How many times, because something didn't go your way, it ruined a supposed-to-be-good time out? I've done it. Going out on a date or going somewhere and food doesn't get cooked right, now I'm upset. And it ruined the whole thing because of one little thing. Because I cannot control my anger. Think about it, Christian. In every situation, ready? How angry are you at Amazon right now? Because they didn't order, they didn't send you the right package. And I sent it back and I got on the phone and I didn't speak to anybody that spoke English. <laughs> I was on the phone with a, a company the other day because one of my cameras were not working. And, uh, and I paid money to get something put on it. And it wasn't working. So I called the company. And of course, it's made in China somewhere. So I called the company. This woman answered the phone. And I can't understand a word she's saying. And I'm trying to explain her what's going on. And hey, I paid for this, but it's not working. Can you guys fix it? Well, let me see what I can do. And I'm like, OK, well, you know, put me on hold for another 30 minutes. And then let's figure this out. So about an hour into, an hour into the, the phone call, all of a sudden she's like, well, you need to go get the thing. Well, it's not anywhere near me. It'll take me about two or three hours to get it. Well, you're going to need to go get it because you're going to have to have the device in hand for us to figure out what's going on. Ma'am, it's an electronic issue. Now I'm getting angry and not, and yeah. Uh, and and I'm, I'm trying to explain. And they're not getting it on the phone. Finally, click. <laughs> all right, I'm done. How many times do we allow something a little like that to ruin our day and what's going on because of one little thing. Ready? Because we don't know how to control our anger. We allow the expectations and our rights to determine how I'm going to feel. Okay? You ready? Comparing ourselves with others, what I, accept, what I expect, expectations, we compare ourselves with others. We verbally uh, commit, uh, verbal commitments from others. We expect one thing, and they said this is what's going to happen, and it didn't happen. They even apologized, but you're not having it because they said it was going to happen this way. Okay? Um, needs. The root of our anger regarding both rights and expectations. Ready? It's going to hurt. The root of our anger regarding both our rights and our expectations is the sin of pride. Only by pride cometh... Huh, what's that word? Contentions. Strife? Anger? Bitterness? Only by pride cometh... Because we expect it to be like this, and I pay for it, and so you're going to do it. And we get angry. And all of a sudden, contentions build up when we could have just tried to handle it the best we could. But with the well-advised is wisdom. What happens to the unresolved anger? What is, anger, what is the result? According to, according to Colossians chapter number uh, 3, verse number 8, this will be our last uh, portion here. Colossians chapter 3. And it's only 9.03. We usually go to 9.15, 9.30, so we're good. Colossians chapter number 3 and verse number 8. There should be no way that Christians are the most miserable people on this earth. There should be no way. That shouldn't even be a thing. But because we are not walking with God like we should, because we do not have the relationship with God like we should, because we are not spiritually minded like we should. We answer a lot of things in the flesh. And our anger comes out constantly. Okay? Colossians chapter 3, and verse number 8. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blaspheme, filthy communication out of your mouth. 
It also says put them aside. Put them off. Don't even mess with them. Put them off. The anger will continue a downward progression spiraling down to the following steps. You ready? Anger, then bitterness, then wrath, then malice, then thanklessness, then hopelessness, death wish, destruction. It starts with anger. Have you ever heard of a Christian? I have. Actually, I know no one. Have you heard of a Christ, uh, about a Christian, someone that claims to be saved, whether they're saved or not? I don't know. I don't know their heart. But have you ever heard of a Christian committing suicide? I have. Again, suicide does not take you to hell. If you're saved, you're still going to heaven. But at the same time, they said they were saved, so that's what I'm going to go with. You say, well, they might not have been a Christian. I don't know that. I've thought that, but I don't know that. By their testimony, they said they were saved. That's all I can go on. Why would a Christian commit suicide? How did you get that far down? Started with anger. I said, deal with it. And this happened, and then I was hurt, and this person did this to me, and then this person did me wrong here, and, and then I and it disappointed here, and then disappointed there, and eventually it just builds and builds and builds and builds. Listen to this. And no doubt there's a lot of people out there that are not in church that we don't even know of that are saved that commit suicide because the life they're living is spiraled out of control. Okay, so Christian, what do you do with your anger? Are you internalizing it? Are you venting? On the phone, right? Call someone up. Tomorrow I'm just going to tell them what I think. I'm going to call them up, sit here and talk on the phone. Or are you trying to identify the problem? Let me attack the problem, not the person. God help me deal with this anger. Anger in a Christian life is a big deal when it comes to your relationship with God and your work for God. When you have a great relationship with God, okay, let me back up. If you have anger in you, don't tell me you have a great relationship with God. You might have an anemic one. But there's no way that you have a great relationship with God. And I'm angry and bitter at. No way. No way. So how do you handle anger? You find it. You identify it. By the way, if it's a constant anger. I mean, I just, I get angry all the time. I don't know why. Okay, let's identify the problem. What's causing, at that moment, what caused you to get angry? Okay, now let's focus on fixing that so we never even get to that. Let's focus on this so we never even get there. Christians ought to be the happiest people on earth. I think Mer Americans are the most miserable people on earth. Can I be honest with you? I think we are the most miserable because there are people that our mission team right now is seeing over in a foreign country, third world country, they have nothing. And they are happier than everybody in this room right now. Oh, Brother Pledger, you don't know how happy I am. I'm telling you, they're happier than you. I'm telling you, they have less stress than you have. They have less worries than you have. And they're just enjoying life, living from day to day, praising their Savior. And the only time we praise our Savior is when we come to church because now we got to sing songs. And i got to go out songs, so i got to think spiritual now. And it is Sunday, and I get on a bus, and I've got to think, well, you don't have to think spiritual on a bus, but you got, i got to think spiritual because I'm at church. That's Christianity in America nowadays. 
But they live it every single day. They live it every single day. So what about your anger? How do you handle anger in your life? And how's your relationship with God? You get spiritually strong in your relationship with God and you'll be able to handle all these things in life a whole lot easier because, ready? You're not doing it on your strength. You're doing it on God's strength. The reason why people get burnt out in the, they already burnt out in the ministry is because they have no spiritual strength. They've been doing it all on their own. And I just said, well, I just got burnt out in the ministry. You mean you stopped walking with God? You mean you spiritually got anemic? You mean you spiritually were weak and you were doing it all in your own flesh and you got tired because your flesh, listen to this, Christian, your flesh cannot live in the spiritual world that we live in and survive. You must have God's help. You must have God's strength Amen. in every area. You must have God's strength. And it's one of the biggest battles. Why do you think it's such a battle for you to spend time with God? You think reading the Bible in the morning and taking time to pray, oh, that's easy. Is it really that easy for you? Or is it something that you're like all the time, it's like, no, I've got to take time. Oh, man, I forgot. i got to get back. i got to do this. And then you start reading and you start falling asleep. And you're like, why am I falling asleep? i got to, I got to spend time with God. And then you get so busy that you start forgetting. You come to church on Sunday, the priest says, How, how's your walk with God? And you're going, oh, man, i got to catch up my Bible reading because tonight he's going to ask us to stand. Listen, your spiritual strength is everything for your life. It'll give you the strength you need to last, ready, longevity. It's a weird word. We don't talk about that much anymore. Longevity in the ministry. Not a sprint, a marathon. Not a hundred-yard dash, it's a marathon. And we got to have God's strength to do it. Anger in the Christian. Heavenly Father, God, I pray.